I'm not failing. I am. Oh, 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 ooh. Hello, this is Elizabeth, and you are listening to I'm Not Failing, the podcast. I'm Not Failing is my podcast where I'm taking up some space. I am going to tell you my story, which has a lot of amazing things, but some things not so great along the way. I'm going to interview my friends and share some music and some words and invite you to join me along the way in hopes that we can not fail together. I'm just so grateful you're here. (laughs) Welcome. Hi, I'm back. I'm so happy to be back and I'm so happy you are back. This is officially episode two of the I'm Not Failing podcast, which those of you who have been so wonderfully reaching out to say, where's episode two or more? I'm so, so, so grateful for you because I set a deadline for myself, which I didn't meet. And your checking in on me has helped me stay accountable to myself in getting these next episodes out. And I'm so, so grateful that you have. I used to call myself in a, in a sort of um, resume interview, corporate job speak, uh, flipping the script, turn it upside down kind of language. I used to call myself a time optimist. You know, when they ask you those questions of like, what are your greatest challenges? And you say, I just, (laughs) I just care so much about everything that I do everything all the time. I just, those, those sort of fake humble brags. Truthfully, I haven't been in an interview situation in so, so long. This is probably like, how to get a job in the corporate world 1997 talk going on I'm sure it's all it's all like chat GPT or something having conversations with people in virtual spaces and avatars by now but back in the day when I used to interview you'd have to come up with your list your challenges and it was all rebranded in this this I don't really suck at keeping organized I'm just someone who's aware of the cornucopia of storage opportunities on my desk. That's why there's paperwork everywhere. Well, I remember somewhere down the line, someone coaching me, this, this had to be in my sort of late teens, early twenties, somewhere in my university years, um, (laughs) to say that I was a time optimist. I'm I've been saying to myself, oh, I was so ti- I was such a time optimist about getting these these new episodes out. Oh, I was so I was so optimistic about my time. And when actually it's totally not true. I've been working my butt off on these things because I love it and I'm so excited about this project. But last few weeks I have been trapped in my head. <laughs> oh, head great head of mine, beautiful brain, beautiful soul in here. There's just such a huge block in me about telling so much of my truth. It's terrifying. And yet I know that I can't move forward in anything I'm doing until I get this stuff out of me. Yes, yeah, so I have been stuck in a really um, 
I don't want to say dark, but a very, very familiar, uh, stuck, not light place. (laughs) It's not been light, but it's not been super dark either uh, since releasing my first episode. And I just thought, you know, I can't really go forward with the, I think I have a, a plan now. I could look at the document, but I'm just going to guess. I think that at last count, I had over 106 um, topics that I'm ready to talk about. <laughs> I have a lot to say, folks. A lot to say, babies. Um, and I've actually started drafting and recording. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. I've, I've started recording seven episodes in the last few weeks since releasing the first episode and I have just kept reaching this block before continuing forward and I've been thinking a lot about this and why and so first of all there's been this beautiful familiar um I say (laughs) it's not beautiful it fucking sucks so I'm gonna stop I'm flipping the script on my own inner monologue. It fucking sucks. Guys, I've been stuck in this familiar pattern of self-loathing and um, slash going on some some pretty nasty self-dialogue for the last few weeks. Thinking, who does she think she is? And that's a shout out to Veronique. Um, that's the name of her new show she's putting together. My dear, dear, dear friend. Uh, but who does she think she is? Who who cares about what I have to say? What do I have to say? Um, I'm a liar. I'm I'm a narcissist. I'm an egomaniac. I'm everything that I'm saying is the problems around me, and I'm the problem. Keep stuff closed. Keep it secret. No one cares. No one needs to know. Just play along. Do what you do best. Shut up. Um, you know, find a real job, get paid, do what everyone else does, be miserable, keep going, blah, 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 blah. So it's not a beautiful voice. That is not a beautiful voice. And that's been where I've been at. So it's so familiar. So I thought, let's just go ahead and let's name this. Let's name this thing. Let's be with this voice of mine together because I assume all of you have these voices too. And man, mine's a freaking bitch. I can't stand her. But she is one dominant, dominant, dominant woman. And... I kind of want to like have her to my dinner party here with all of you and welcome her and get to know why she's, why she's so angry and why she hates me so much. So I haven't named her ever before. Maybe you can come up with a name for her that would be suitable after this episode. And you can email me at Elizabeth at I'm not com, And we can name my bitchy, bitchy inner saboteur. But let me tell you what, this wouldn't be my space unless I welcomed my dear inner monologue and my dear inner saboteur and said, 
you know what? You're welcome here too. I do actually love you, even though you're mean and you smell and you're loud, but I do love you because I'm not failing. I am. I am. I am. I am you as much as I am this person holding the microphone as much as I am me jumping up and down to some amazing music. So welcome yet to be named version of me. I'm done fighting with you. Okay, I'm done. So I'm particularly interested in looking back as to what my trajectory has been so far and asking and considering the answers to why now? Why at this time in my life did I feel this need to open the doors and the boxes? Three and a half years ago is the last time I saw my mother and my father. We had Christmas together. We had newly moved. Part of the move back to North America in a in a an intellectual level, and I think on some emotional level, was this idea of bringing my family, my created family, my chosen family, back to the continent where my kids' grandparents were. I thought that we would move back to North America and somehow assemble ourselves into this idea of what family is supposed to be like it is in the movies and everywhere else. I knew that was never going to happen. I, I, I think I knew that in every cell of my body, but my, my part of me that had decided to bring children into the world and loves being a mother more than anything. I was desperate to think that my version of grandparents and family would create a space for my family of origin and my created family to exist in some sort of harmony in a way that we'd never been harmonious before, simply because my children were involved. Well, when I saw my parents for the last time, everything felt wrong. And it had felt wrong for a very long time before that. I felt so stressed that my body was rebelling. I was having acute digestive problems that were painful and um, just super unusual. And I felt so anxious and so miserable throughout the time that I saw them. And just observing the old patterns, the patterns in how we had existed my whole life in this way that was just unbearable now. They were in my home with my family and everything felt rotten and pretend and performative And I left that visit, or they left that visit. And I thought, I can't do this anymore. Like, what is this fucking thing? Why do I feel the opposite of cared for? Why do I feel 
like I have to perform in front of my own family. Why do I feel so sad? Why do I feel so, so, so alone in their company? So that got me thinking, you know, it had been a while since I'd had any real therapy, regular therapy, and I'd never really talked about this stuff with anyone before. And by this stuff, I mean my lifetime of depression, my two suicide attempts when I was a teenager, my mother's violent rages, my dad's disappearances, my and my brother's various coping strategies that involve various forms of addiction and self-neglect and abusive tendencies to ourselves and others. And I just realized, holy shit, I can't keep this anymore in anymore. I, uh, I can't do this anymore. I decided I clearly needed to talk a lot and tell the truth. I'd, you know, I've, I've had different core stages in my life that I have shared with my nearest and dearest, but I started to realize that even with the people who knew me the most and loved me the most, that some of my secrets were just too unbearable to say out loud. And until until I could start to say these things out loud and set them free, I was going to be stuck for the rest of my life in this pattern of feeling like no matter what I do, I was a failure. I just listened to an episode on Glennon Doyle's podcast, We Can Do Hard Things, the other day, which was talking about her experience with recovery. And it's really beautiful. And I'll link it in the show notes. But one of the comments she talked about was uh, a judge in a trial for girls who'd been sexually assaulted by the gymnast, the, the doctor who worked with the U.S. gymnastics team. She gave them this freedom of saying, you can leave your pain here so you can go live the rest of your wonderful life. And that's really what I'm doing here and what I started to do after that Christmas of 2019 by finding a therapist. It feels important to give an aside here to acknowledge how privileged I am to be able to call a therapist, find a therapist, and afford a therapist. And I want to acknowledge that because that's something until this stage in my life that has held me back in seeking a lot of help over the years as well. So I want to honor how difficult that is and how freaking wrong it is that our mental health care is often usually is usually put uh, assigned as a luxury rather than an essential need. And I also want to point out that for me, I was at this point three and a half years ago where I was aware that if I didn't spend whatever money I may or may not have for therapy, that I was, I was at a risk of jeopardizing my marriage, my, my intention and good work and 
in presence with my own children because I was continuing and continuing and continuing to get more trapped in my head. As I referred to earlier, being stuck in these patterns, my, my routine of self-loathing and being trapped and feeling like I was failing at absolutely everything I did was becoming so rhythmic and so regular that some days, some days I could, I could barely, I could barely even notice what was around me because I was so stuck in my own head. So for me, this was, thankfully, there was an alignment of, of being in a different stage financially that allowed this to happen. But I think it's really important to say that I, I wasn't a, I wasn't a moment of crisis. It was a very quiet crisis to anyone else around me. I'm not sure anyone, even, even my husband, I'm not sure if he knew quite how acute I I do think he did actually, but, um, this was one of these life moments. And I guess what feels really important for today is to invite you to acknowledge these, these moments, um, Hopefully they're not dire or desperate moments, but I hope there's a moment in you hearing this today where you can say, just reflect on where you are in your own life right now, how much of it you're living for other people, how much of it you're living for yourself. And I give the invitation to you to really acknowledge that inner saboteur, whatever you call her or him or them. Uh, Let's share those names and start feeling and being free from this prison of our own minds sometimes. So yeah, big breath. That's where I've been. Thank you for listening. I'm so grateful for all the feedback and I'm really, really, really excited about continuing to make more episodes and be in this beautifully messy and perfect, unpredictable process that I'm going through with you. So thank you. And inner saboteurs, no need to return too much or too loudly. And as we used to say in School of Rockabye Babies, no such thing as goodbye, only so long and next time. See you then. You have been listening to the I'm Not Failing podcast with me, Elizabeth. To find out more about me and the project, please visit www.imnotfailing.com forward slash newsletter to sign up and get some fabulous things in your inbox. And whether or not you listen to other podcasts, you may know that subscribing and liking and leaving a comment really helps creators be found in the podcast platforms. So I'd be so grateful if you would do those things and let me know what you think. And if you want to know more about that song you're listening to, it is called Use Your Voice, built-in instrument, written, performed, and produced by me and my dear friend Veronica Shekhan with those lower boos. You can find her at veronicaandjerome.com.